You're listening to a Youth Takeover edition of the Remaking Tomorrow podcast, where teens host the program and welcome peer guests. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Remaking Tomorrow, a series of conversations about the future of learning. I'm Tian. This is a podcast powered by Remake Learning, a network that ignites engaging, relevant, and equitable learning practices in support of young people navigating rapid social and technological change. On today's episode, we'll be talking with two youth guests about how students should be supported through their education today and in the future. To start, let's meet our guests. My name is Leonard. I'm 16 and I live in the Green Tree area. My name is Gordon. I'm 16 and I live in the Morningside area. To start, how do you define personalized learning? Personalized learning is a learning that's for you. I guess the same thing, really, just how you interpret learning. Yeah, I'd agree. Approaching learning in a way that is most beneficial to the student and the person learning. If you can go back in time and create a personalized learning future for yourself, what would it be like? I'd start with, in middle school, more technology. Since I've been in high school and things switch from books to technology, which I think like everyone that's in our age group is better with, I'd say like iPads, laptops, more things like that. For me, it'll probably be like more detailed things about what you want to do when it comes to learning. Say you want to be a journalist, doing more reading classes, communication classes, or stuff like that at a young age. Um, Me personally, I went to a Montessori school, an elementary school, and it's basically a regular school, but the thing is, everybody learns at their own pace. Like, you have somebody still learning multiplication, and other people move on to division. And, I don't know, the kind of learning at your own place was, like, really beneficial to me, I felt like. Middle school was not Montessori for me. So, going into middle school was a bit different because it's just regular teaching style. Teachers are teaching, and you kind of have to just keep up with the class. Whereas in elementary school, it was like you're at your own time, spend more time here if you need it, spend more time here if you need it, and it's completely up to you. But I feel as though that gap period kind of prepared me for high school because I don't go to Montessori school now. So it's basically keep up with the class. And if you need time outside of class to like catch up or do whatever you need to do, you do that, but it's on you to figure it out. Whereas at my elementary school, Montessori school, it wasn't. But I do think that it's a really good approach to learning. Would the future you just described benefit you or other people? It depends on who you are. Books or more modern technology, I think, is just what you're more comfortable with. It's more fun to learn for me when we're on the iPad and stuff. I mean, I think it's just beneficial to anyone that if you get that option. Like, you could be on the book, you could be on the iPad or the laptop or whatever. Like, it should be an optional thing, so that way it benefits everybody. I feel like it will benefit everyone, too, just because even if you're not trying to go into, like, the broadcasting business, you can still use communication every day. Okay, shifting gears now, I want to talk about equity. For young people, thinking about another's experience could help them get at the concept of equity. How would you define equity as it relates to schools, education, or learning? Treating everyone as equals, not, like, regarding the classes they're in, because a couple teachers are like, well, you know, my AP class, my honors class, I don't have to worry about them not knowing. So it's like being equal, knowing that everybody learns at a different pace. I don't take it to heart, but I'm sure there's kids that do. You ask a question like it's just a simple question because you don't know what it is, and they're like, well, it's eighth grade, it's seventh grade math, you should know it. I went to St. Benedict on the Hill District, which is a 
good school. It's uh, not as good as other schools the, that the kids in the high school I go to went to. So they're way ahead of me in classes as far as like Spanish, chemistry. I feel like it means just being more mindful of where you come from and where the other person comes from. I went to the same middle school as him, and we learned at a certain pace. And when I went to Central, some kids were already AP and Spanish and stuff like that. Meanwhile, I'm like still confused on some words. So it's just like being more mindful to who you're talking to. Some people are ahead of others, and some people are up like below. And I feel like we shouldn't be making fun of other people for being lower than others. I'd agree. I think it's important to like meet students where they're at to like best benefit them. What change might you make to be sure you and your peers all feel like they belong? How could you help students feeling marginalized or not good enough thrive? And there's like a lot of rushing with stuff like when we were doing stoichiometry and chemistry. Me and a couple of my friends, and instead of like stopping on that lesson, we kind of just kept going. Now we got finals coming up and we don't got a clue what's going on with that portion. It kind of just ended up like a division when we didn't know it and they didn't know it. They just ended up way farther ahead of us. Now they're just set and we're not. I think you should just try to get everybody on the same pace. I had finals today and, and like some kids don't even know what they're doing. Like they're completely lost. And I blame the teachers just because they just think everyone can just get it. You got to be more mindful because every student is different. No one's the same. You just got to be more passionate about what you're doing and how you're teaching and how you're learning. Teachers are always like, well, I got to get everything done in this book. Well, would you rather just say everything in the book and nobody understand it or say a good portion of things in the book and have everybody really understand it? What good do you get out of saying everything in the book and everybody's just like, well, I don't know. I know that we all have experience with our schools, BSU. We've all taken a part in that. And I think we could all probably all agree that the main purpose of BSU is to promote inclusivity in our schools. I think if we implement the inclusivity that we strive for in BSU into our learning environment, it would make for a much more inclusive environment. I'm the vice president of the Black Student Union, and basically my role is to assist the president, plan events, I serve as chairwoman at different events, basically just trying to progress it and make sure that we're moving in a positive direction instead of a negative. My school, RBSU's name is actually different. It's called a BLAC, which is a Black Leadership Advisory Council. I kind of started it on accident because there were like issues that have never happened in the school before. They're just now getting ethnicity in the school, so they don't know how to handle it. So what my job and a couple other people in the group's job is to kind of help the school. Like we wrote a guideline who to go to if you do hear a racial slur or something comes up. So that's what we do. But also it's more like a comfortable place for other black students to come to the school and talk. Because like, I don't know when I was a freshman, I first came to the school, like it was a little overwhelming being a minority. You know, when you're in a group meeting and stuff, it's like comfortable when you're just around like people of your color. So we do a lot of just talking and stuff just for the, you know, fun of it. In RBSU at Central, we go places like in February, we went to D.C., the Black History Museum in D.C., and I felt that was like a great opportunity for people to go. Even people that not wasn't even in the BSU went, and I just feel like we need to do more things, not like just go out, but like more 
planning when it comes to just learning about our history. Like, I went there and I learned a lot. And I just feel like our, our BCU Essential kind of teaches you that. In March, we were making Jared boxes. We put, like, toys, crowns, and, like, other stuff for kids that are waiting surgery in UPMC. And I just feel like that was a great opportunity for us just to show how much we care for our community. We do a lot of giving back to the community. We do toy drives. We're trying to do different volunteer opportunities. This year it's kind of been minimalized because of COVID. That should be taking place. A lot of fundraising for the school and other charities. I also went to a school where I was pretty much the majority. So freshman year going to a PWI was really different for me just because it's like, oh, like instantly the minority and it was like very little diversity. Joining BSU has like really helped me feel more included in my school environment, especially taking on a leadership role like you guys have as well. Okay, final thought. What's one thing parents and educators can do to support every learner? This goes for more older teachers. Be more open to the new ways of learning. Like there's not just pen and paper. There's other ways to do stuff now. I have a teacher, we're doing online, but I passed because I found a YouTube video to do it, but he didn't like that and he was a little mad about that because I didn't use the study guide. Like, be more open to kids going on YouTube and learning. Like, if they can figure out a way to learn it, just let them learn it. Like, even if it's not your way, like, put your pride aside a little bit. I feel like I shouldn't have to do that. Just I shouldn't have to, like, go on YouTube or Safari and get an answer. I feel like you should just teach me that. I feel like teachers can do better about just going about things. Like, when we were studying for finals last week, I feel like they just rushed that process. Some teachers were just like, do it on your own. But, like, I don't know where it's supposed to be on the final. Like, it was hard. I had to study real hard because I didn't know what was going to be on the final. They could just do better about, like, planning and just being more considerate, too, because some kids don't get things as other kids do. Well, my one teacher would like compare us to AP, and I'm like, we're not AP. AP already knows this stuff, and we're like still trying to learn how to learn it too. So it's like, just be more considerate. Yeah, I find the best teachers are those that like ask questions and really try to understand what the student needs and work based off that. So I'd say ask questions, ask your students what you could do to best serve them, and move forward from there. Thank you so much to Leonard and Gordon. Remaking Tomorrow is powered by Remake Learning, a Pittsburgh-based network of people and organizations that ignites engaging, relevant, and equitable learning practices in support of young people navigating rapid social and technological change. Learn more at remakelearning.org.